Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. I am your host, Miles Dawson, and today we're revisiting our old friend, blockchain. We first touched on this topic two years ago in our podcast's heyday, but this time we're going to be looking at it from a slightly different perspective by seeing how enterprises can implement use cases around the Internet of Things. To help me on this quest, I have two guests with me today. I have Craig Wentworth and Ros Parkinson. Hello both. Hello, hello. Hello, Miles. Um, I wonder if you could give our listeners just a brief overview of what you do at IDC. Craig, do you want to go first? Okay, so I'm uh, the research director for uh, IDC's European blockchain practice. So I lead uh, IDC's research and uh, and data products uh, in the blockchain area for the uh, European region. So I look after our enterprise networking and lifecycle services uh, research in Europe, and I'm part of the wider infrastructure team. So uh, what... What Craig and I have been talking about and what we're going to share with you today is all about uh, the implications on the infrastructure and networking that blockchain use cases have. So I might start off with the, the big question of the day, and Craig, this might be one you could feel for us. What is blockchain? What <laughs> is always, blockchain? Always a tricky question. Okay, well, uh, I guess at its heart, it's a, it's a, a distributed uh, digital ledger of records or blocks, if you like, and they're uh, cryptographically linked. Um, chain, so you know the clue is in the title, uh, and it forms a sequential set of records, an immutable sequential set of records uh, that can be used for, for various things, which I'll go on to in a minute. But I also did want to say, and it wasn't the question, I did want to say what blockchain isn't, and it isn't just uh, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and all these other things you've probably heard of, um, because although there's a lot of interest in, in finance, uh, financial use cases and so on, there's a lot of other things that blockchain as a whole uh, can be used for. And I think when talking about what blockchain is, it's really important to talk about what the characteristics of the technology are, because these are the things that really uh, help you understand why it is or isn't good in various scenarios. So um, blockchain as technology, it's, it's immutable. It's an append-only story system, okay? You can't undo it. It's a bit like a paper ledger of old. It's, um, it's not exactly tamper-proof, but it's certainly very tamper-evident, and that's very important in, in certain areas. Um, it comes with uh, consensus mechanisms that help um, people who are on organizations that are on a blockchain network arrive uh, to settle the correctness uh, of the transaction and the data on the network. There's various different mechanisms there. They're good and bad in different circumstances. And modern blockchains uh, can execute business logic as well. They have things called smart contracts, uh, which provide uh, automation uh, they're executed autonomously, they can be triggered by events, they can reference data that's on the chain or, or off the chain. And blockchain networks can be run either in a kind of open, permissionless way where anybody can join, or in a more kind of closed, permissioned way um, that sort of mirrors more, more business networks and so on. So it's, I think when you're asking what blockchain is, if you want to know why it's important, I think you need to consider what those characteristics are. Brilliant. So that's a, actually a very concise explanation of what blockchain is, which is always very handy for our listeners. But why should enterprises care about this? It sounds it sounds like a um, an abstract technology. So let's make it real for a second. What is it the benefit, and why should enterprises care about the technology? Okay, well, it's it's particularly good in in various situations. So where you've got. Uh, business processes that extend beyond the boundaries of the traditional enterprise, uh, where they're uh, so beyond the boundaries of your BPM system, when we're not just talking about uh, content workflow collaboration, stuff like that. So a bit more sophisticated. It's very useful if you want to um, 
drive efficiencies by removing intermediaries, costly intermediaries, or you're in a situation where there isn't an obvious candidate to be an intermediary uh, for transactions. It's useful where you've got multiple parties who uh, need to share control over data, and that's as distinct from simply access to it. There's a lot of things you can do if you just want to share access to data, but if you have to share control of it, then you need some kind of uh, way of, of providing that in a trusted environment the blockchain can give you. And by using all these, these things together, it's very, very good for tracking um, the, the provenance of, of assets across the supply chain as well. Mm. So it's, it's very good in those situations. It's not very good if actually what you want to do could be done with a traditional relational database. It'll just be very expensive, very messy, and you'll wish you'd gone home earlier. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> um, it also isn't particularly useful if, if your uh, business processes are all within the same organizational boundary. But having said that, there are characteristics of blockchain that you can uh, leverage to take advantage of as well. Uh, and it's not really particularly relevant if you don't have an intermediary problem as well. If, you've, if you're quite happy with a, a central authority that's going to retain uh, oversight of, of transactions. So um, that's what it's good and, and bad for. And, and the other thing to say is it, it's very hot at the moment. There's a lot of interest, certainly in Europe, mm. as to where blockchain is going. Thanks for that, Craig. So I'd actually like to bring Ros into this now and actually ask about these key use cases, because Craig touched on there about how there's quite a few ways that enterprises could get benefit out of this. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear more about these use cases. No, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, up to now, when we talk about blockchain, um, there's a lot of emphasis on the financial sector because mm -hmm. of its roots in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And although that's currently the largest, uh, you know, market where we see the most spending in Europe at $125 million dollars in 2018, there are other use cases where the, the CAGA or the predicted growth is actually, um, you know, very high. So a lot of these use cases are around the supply chain um, and around kind of asset tracking, around uh, tracking, you know, a product or components that have to go through a supply chain, go through different, um, you know, you'll be, it will be passing along different uh, companies will have access and being able to either track this you know by using uh, the blockchain ledger um, or using smart contracts uh, you know creates creates an advantage you know in terms of reducing cost increasing trust so if we look at manufacturing you know we we predict that um, those areas are going to grow by around 80 percent and they're already on 31 million or 40 million that's for process manufacturing and discrete manufacturing respectively in 2018 so we think we're going to see high growth from some of these areas um, but i think what's interesting here is that when you're talking about say a supply chain or asset tracking and logistics that brings into um that brings us into the world of iot because those are really big IoT use cases as well. And one of the key questions that I have about blockchain is, you know, if we have this immutable ledger, this piece of software basically, and we're always adding to it every time an asset or a component um, passes hands and goes to another party, what do we do with that data? How do we, um, how do we store it effectively? How do we share it effectively? Um, so there are big questions that I have around uh, the infrastructure that's required to support, uh, you know, these blockchain enabled supply chains. Um, and it, particularly when we're talking about, you know, it's not just going to be one entity that controls the blockchain end to end. So we're talking about an ecosystem here. 
Yes, I mean, the interesting thing about the, the ecosystem mentioned that you threw in there was, is that, of course, a lot of the stuff that we're, we're talking about in terms of the use cases around uh, tracking and tracing goods and so on, of course, you can do already in a supply chain situation without resorting to blockchain. Um, if you're happy for uh, a single uh, authority to, to run that, so, so to be an intermediary that sort of controls access to that data. But where it's really important, I think, is where you have more of a, a level playing field, more of an ecosystem situation where you don't necessarily want a single uh, company to have access to all that data and control all that data. Uh, and so the, the decentralized way of doing this on a blockchain so that the, the information that you get from IoT sensors uh, right at the edge through uh, all the shipping uh, waypoints and so on is it's, it's spread around all the members of the network uh, who are involved in the supply chain on a blockchain and it means that uh, everybody has access to the same data that's not just uh, all the kind of uh, uh, shipping partners if you like in the supply chain it's the end customer who might be able to scan a qr code on a package and see the provenance of where those goods came from all the ingredients regulators and so on can have access to the same information and so it's very important in that kind of trusted ecosystem situation that blockchain brings you something that you couldn't really quite do before in that way so what should enterprises be doing right now if they want to start experimenting with utilizing blockchain in these use cases so I'll talk a little bit about the infrastructure side of things because <laughs> that's my my baby <laughs> and then I'll pass on to you Craig sure. but um, you know one of the things that that we've been discussing actually is this idea of blockchains needing to be interoperable with one another um, so it's not just one blockchain end to end so um, you know I think that's that's a really interesting concept and I'm aware of you know a number of um, industry organizations that are looking at you know what would an internet scale blockchain look like um you know something that cisco is working on as part of a consortium which is a very interesting um idea there are also some interesting things for the the kind of storage side so um you know if you if i think it's a great mental exercise to imagine you know a a product or um you know if it's i don't know food or whatever it is you know that you're going to track with your blockchain and you're going to track it internationally being shipped and you know being used in something else that's going to be a lot of data the mm. amount of times that, that passes changes hands or passes through another you know environment somebody else takes responsibility for it so where's that data going to go um you know because it's going to be expensive if you're you know trying to push it through a network all the time so where does that go so those are some of the questions i've been asking craig and um i think you're going to tell us how it's developing right <laughs> yeah i mean just just picking up on the point about about storage and so on uh, i think it, it's an important distinction to make between uh, data that's held on the chain that, that passes uh, and gets stored across all the nodes on, on a blockchain network and off-chain data which all the relevant parties who are uh, uh, able to, allowed to see the data, have access to that. And so there's various uh, mechanisms that, that various solutions have in place for providing storage that blockchain members can access, um, which may be a, a shared central store, or it may be truly decentralized storage in its own right as well. So, um, but this also is kind of the, the tip of the, the, the rest of the enterprise-friendly, production-friendly iceberg, if you mm. like. And I think um, to move anywhere close to a if you like, a, a post-blockchain world where it's no longer seen as something um, new and shiny and therefore has to be treated differently. The, there's various things that need to be in place so that organisations can treat it the way they would do other bits of technology. Mm. So 
various vendors are, are wrapping their blockchain products with sort of enterprise tooling for for um, scalability and performance and manageability and to to help uh, onboard new members onto networks and so on so that it could be managed just like any other sort of form of of, uh, of operational IT and and once you get into that kind of uh, area you start thinking about well um, blockchain as a component then um, we're increasingly seeing it being sort of embedded into more traditional applications mm. and, and that helps it become a bit less scary mm. at the sharp end. Mm. So, And can I ask a question here, Craig? So, um, you know, do you see any trends between, because blockchain, it's it's going, it's, it's a software product, right? Mm-hmm. So do you see any particular trends or do you have any thoughts around whether this is going to be something that enterprises use in the cloud or whether it's going to be something that they prefer to mm. keep in their on-premise infrastructure? I mean, what, what tends to happen is the early stages of experimentation and the early kind of proof of technical concepts um, often happen more more on-premise and in more mm. kind of uh, uh, safe and secure scenarios, uh, more kind of testbed environments. But really, um, as those kind of branch out and extend and expand and scale, and the whole idea is to try and get more and more people using the same blockchain, then mm. really blockchain on the cloud makes a lot more sense. Mm. So um, a lot of these uh, blockchain um, solutions, built blockchain platforms are, are cloud-based. The consortia that are, are, are spinning up around particular problems that they're looking to blockchain to address, they're looking at kind of cloud-based um, solutions to help make it more attractive to to get other members to join them mm. and so on and uh, the, the business of then running that system makes more sense when it's in the cloud i think Mm-mm. yeah guys this sounds like a whole other podcast we should be doing <laughs> on um tuning for part two <laughs> exactly yeah. maybe maybe a part two of this podcast would be the best option so um if if i could just bring us back and ask one last question before we before we say goodbye to our listeners which is do you guys have a key takeaway that you want to provide to our listeners as a kind of piece of advice or maybe a thought just to leave us with one key takeaway from both of you. Ros, do you want to go first? Never forget about your network <laughs> is my key takeaway because <laughs> blockchain, just like AI, just like any topic, you know, mm. think of a, an exciting topic to do with digital transformation at the moment. And it will often be software based, but it will be, you know, we'll be talking about, um, you know, a distributed environment Mm -hmm. or an ecosystem or, you know, a kind of mobile product. Um, And and very often the impact that these new technologies have on the network get forgotten. Um, And yeah, if you don't have the right network, it doesn't matter, you know, what you're trying to do, it won't work. So mm. never forget your network when you're thinking about these things. <laughs> that, that, that is sage advice, isn't it? Um, I, I guess what I'd do is I'd, re- I'd return to the um, the idea of the, the proof of business um, angle, I think, that I mentioned earlier. But also to say that um, sometimes um, as a catalyst for th- sort of renewed thinking and reimagining how, how, how things work in an organisation and how relationships work, simply uh, considering what implications blockchain may have in a situation inspires uh, different groups of people to come together to think differently about their their current state and their sort of desired state and so on and I think some of the kind of early proof of concept projects have probably explored that and explored that thinking to a level that a number of organizations are probably quite comfortable then with kind of pausing and taking stock and maybe um, looking at where what sort of uh, change of state that's had upon them this is not necessarily going for a full-on blockchain um, solution afterwards but they may come back to that later so I think the blockchain thinking decentralized thinking is is also important as well as blockchain implementation 
And just one last thing, Craig. Um, I understand you've got a funny story to tell us about something you saw at a blockchain conference. Well, um, not technically from a blockchain conference, but it is my recurringly favourite um, blockchain-related story. And it's actually, although having said earlier that blockchain is not Bitcoin, it's actually a Bitcoin story, but I think it's a good <laughs> one. And that is the uh, the concept of Bitcoin Pizza Day, uh, which unfortunately we have, we have missed. It's, um, it's in May, so we've missed it by about a month and a half, unfortunately. But it commemorates um, a day about uh, 10 years ago or so, um, nine, ten years ago, when the first uh, blockchain transaction for a, a physical good was, was executed. And uh, a chap whose name I don't have on the tip of my tongue, unfortunately, he paid the equivalent then of $40 for two uh, pizzas. Mm. He didn't actually transact directly with the pizza company. He, he um, paid his friend to go and order the pizza for him, but he paid them in Bitcoin. But at that time, that was 10,000 Bitcoin. Mm. So wow. that's become historically the most expensive pizzas ever. Mm. I wonder if though that pizza company kept those 40 bitcoins. Well, it was the friend, of course, that was given... I wonder if he kept the 40 bitcoins. <laughs> I wonder if he's still a friend. Well, <laughs> that's a very good question. Brilliant. Well, thank you all very much. I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today. Uh, please do get in touch. We've had a great discussion here today. So please offer your thoughts, your comments, your feedback. Uh, check us out on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Twitter. We're under IDCMIR. Please get involved. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. Um, wherever you found us, wherever you're listening now, click that subscribe button, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you like to hear us. Uh, we'd love to have you. And uh, Thank you all very much. And uh, see you next time. Thank you, Miles. Thanks very much. Bye.